So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's going on, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Welcome to episode 501. Oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We just crossed 500 episodes in our interview yesterday with uh, Sean and Helena Bonito. By the way, I, I can't think of a better 500th episode. If you go back and listen to that, I guarantee you, you will learn something. These guys were so transparent with their story. And if you're single and maybe you've just wondered what it's like to go through these challenges in a relationship, these guys really, they, they shared beautifully about it. And if you're looking for just practical ways within your relationship to handle this stuff well, again, they're just spot on. So much value provided in that interview. Go back and listen to it. Uh, wow. Am- amazing way to cap off 500 episodes. Um, in a future episode, like probably in the next 10 episodes, I will do one just sharing a little bit about the story of this podcast because it's really uh, it's a really cool story. And we've shared some of it before, but there's other parts that I haven't shared that I'm excited to reveal to you guys. Um, so stay tuned for that. What I wanted to do today is I wanted to talk about the five most commonly asked questions that we get either through the podcast, through our clients in Deep Clean, on Instagram. You know, we're having 300 conversations a day on Instagram now, sometimes more. And so what that means is that, um, well, what it means is that we get a lot of questions, right? And we we find out what people are really curious about and where they're struggling. And so I think this is going to be a really valuable episode. I would start this one because I think if you can get some clarity on the questions we're about to answer, then there's a pretty good chance you'll be able to move forward in recovery. The one thing I'll say, and, and this is something that has become very clear to me just in the last probably eight months, a lot of people fail in recovery because they don't know their next step. What do you mean they don't know their next step? What I mean is they have this big plan, like here are the nine things you need to do, but they don't know which one they need to do first. And if they do know which one to do first, they don't know which one they need to do second. Or maybe they know the first four things to do, but then they just keep doing those first four things, not knowing that there's five, six, seven, eight, and nine that still needs to get done. And so they plateau and then they kind of peter out and they go, ah, this, this never really worked for me. I think I was just kidding myself. I must've been riding the emotions. Nothing happened. This is all a sham. So the, the goal of, of answering these questions is hopefully you get some clarity and maybe some guidance on what your next step might be in the recovery journey. Question number one, how do I talk to people about my struggle? Wow, do we ever get asked this question a lot? Everywhere we go. So the, the first thing I'll say is if you're going to talk to somebody about your struggle, bravo, I'm so proud of you. You're my kind of guy. Like you're willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to take a risk, stick your neck out a little bit. All right, I got you. You're you're my kind of guy. I'll do what I can to help you. So the first thing I would say is whether you're married or single or somewhere in between, probably don't talk to your significant other first about it. Find some find some guys you can share with. Find a leader. Find someone you trust. All right, who's the safest person in your world? Talk to them. Cynthia, I don't have any safe people. Okay, no problem. Go online. Go to go into Facebook. 
go to Deep Clean Inner Circle, type it in the search bar, join our Facebook group, start talking to some guys there, okay? Face, uh, Deep Clean Inner Circle, Facebook group, great way for you to get the ball rolling. Find someone, start talking. Um, so the safest place, it doesn't have to be the most obvious person. If you're like, you know, I just don't feel comfortable talking to my pastor, that's fine. Don't talk to your pastor. You know, I have four brothers, but I don't feel like any of them like would really get it. Okay, no worries. But who's the, who's the safe person in your life? Talk to them about it. Start there, okay? How do I talk to people about my struggle? So this is the first thing. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about that. Oh, the other thing I would say is the details don't really matter until you get into more of the recovery phases. When you're just starting, like, and you're just trying to get this off your chest and break out of some of the shame, you really just need to tell people that you're struggling, how long it's been going on, maybe how often. Um, like th- those are good places to start. And then you can get more into the details as time goes on. And obviously that depends a little bit on the relationship with the person as well, but that's a good rule of thumb. Question number two that we get asked a lot, how long does it take to recover? So this is a really dangerous question for me to answer because if I say five years, something's going to happen, right? Either you're going to get terrified and be like, what, this guy's an imposter, no way it takes five years. I know people have been set free overnight. I know some people it took a couple months. No way it takes five years. If I say um, three weeks, you're going to be like, oh, awesome. And then after you hit week four and you have a relapse, you're going to be like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, right? Like I, I don't want you to get too latched onto the outcome or the time frame. It's way more about the process and the in-between. How long does it take to recover? The other thing we need to define there is what does it mean to be recovered, quote unquote, I would say recovered is where you are free, okay? Not just sober, but you're, you've actually experienced freedom. Sobriety is, hey, I've gone this long, you know, X number of days. I don't watch it anymore, but maybe you're white knuckling. Maybe you're miserable in it. Freedom is where you've actually done the heart healing. You've done the work. You've, you know, reached that place where temptations come and they go. And you see yourself differently and you don't need the filters and you don't need to abstain from social media and you know, it's that kind of, um, that's kind of, that's what I'm talking about recovery. That, to reach that place takes two to five years. That's just the honest truth. Um, You could get there faster. People definitely get there faster. But on average, it takes two to five years. Some people, it takes longer. If it takes longer than five years, you're probably doing something wrong. Like, it took me five years because the first three years, I was just white knuckling it, reading my Bible more, and talking to an accountability partner who was struggling just as bad as I was, right? So like, I wasn't really approaching freedom those first three years. But then the last two years, you know, when I was actually like doing the stuff, putting in the work and getting to the roots, well, then then I was actually, you know, then it was about two years. What does it mean to address the roots? So this is the third question. Um, to address the roots means to get to the underlying causes. And so when people ask this question, usually what they actually ask is, how do I, I don't know what my roots are. How do I find them out? And so... Um, the, it's tough because there's a bunch of different buckets that roots can fall into. Belief systems, uh, spiritual warfare, right? Like like oppression. Um, you have things like emotional dysfunction or emotional dysregulation, trauma. Um, those would be some of the, the main buckets. Uh, I would say stress coping, which kind of is emotional regulation, but probably deserves its own category. There's, there's a couple different things like that. And so there's no there's no right or wrong there's no it's this one and here's the test and here's how you know which one it is 
it's probably some conglomerate of of you know multiple roots. But what it certainly means for sure, if you really want to do this, you just have to make sure that you're not addressing the behavior, you're addressing why the behavior exists. And as long as you keep that at the center of your pursuits, you should make some progress. Number four, should I have an internet filter while I recover? Here's what I would say. If you already have one, keep it. Like this is what people ask when they come into a program because we we speak out against internet filters a lot and I'm not actually against them. I just think it's important that people don't just slap on a filter and say, perfect, my work here is done. It's like you haven't done squat. Like you just put up, you just put up the, um, the guardrails on your little bowling lane but that doesn't mean you know how to bowl a strike. All it means is that you're not going to go in the gutter. That's what the internet filter is. The bumpers, that's what those are called, right? You put up the bumpers, but you still don't know how to bowl a strike. There's, there's some work to be done. So if you already have the filter, keep it. If you don't have it, then don't add it. And then just make your effort to get to the roots of the issues. That's, that's where real recovery is going to happen. Number five, our fifth uh, frequently asked question, is it okay for my wife to be my accountability partner? No, it is not okay. And I can't think of any situation or circumstances stance where it is for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's not your wife's burden to bear. Number two, your wife can't offer you adequate support, right? Like she can, she can be there to say, okay, that's, you know, thanks for letting me know. She can say, that's okay, sweetheart. I still love you. She can sort of make amends within the marriage context. That's not what accountability is. Accountability is like, why did this happen? What are you going to do next time to make sure it doesn't happen? Are you telling me the truth? Uh, Cause that kind of sounds like a lie. Be honest with me, right? Like you need someone who can really tell it to you straight ask you some serious questions. And the the definition of accountability, the, it's in the word. It's, a, it's an account for your ability, not your disability. So, you know, when people say, is it okay for my wife to have, be my accountability partner? What they mean is, is it okay for me to report my shortcomings to her? And my answer is, that's not what accountability is. Accountability is, how are you growing? How are you learning? Where where are you being challenged? What What's the developments that are taking place in your recovery journey? That's what accountability should really be centered around. So is it okay for your wife to, to be in that role? No, absolutely not. Now, should your wife be in the dark about your situation? Of course not. Like she has to be involved. But should she be your primary accountability partner? Personally, I don't think so. I'll let you decide. But uh, that's that's my, my two cents on it. So guys, uh, these are some of the most asked questions we get. I would say these are the five most question, uh, asked questions. But if you have other questions that you're like, Cynthia, why don't you talk about this? Or I've been wondering more about this, but I don't see any content on it please, please let us know. You can write us at questions at sathiasam.com. I'll put the link here in the show notes. We don't always do that, but I'll, I'll throw that in there. I would love to hear your questions. We will protect your identity, of course. We'll keep it anonymous, but you just never know because it's a pretty good chance that if you're wondering that question, other people are too, and you just never know how maybe you being brave enough to just man up and step out, ask that question, how it just might pave a way for other people to get freedom as well. So you could change your lives, uh, your life and the lives of many other people in the process. In the meantime, guys, thanks so much for listening. Hope you have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. 
Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.